Hello and welcome to this new podcast series, Sharing a Piece of Pie, talking about the SAP IBP product or integrated business planning. I'm your host, Jonathan Fogarty, and I have the pleasure of guiding you through some fascinating conversations about how to unlock the secrets of IBP and how it can help your business. Whether you're just a babe in the woods like me or a PhD in planning, there will be something here for everyone. Now, each week, we'll have some fascinating guests to hear real-world use cases of how business is doing integrated planning. But the real star of the show, joining me each week to navigate through it all, is the man that needs no introduction in the Australian IBP community, at least, the one and only Mr. Mark Golly. Welcome, Mark. Hi, Jonathan. How are you doing? I am never better. For those who haven't been able to catch up with our first two episodes uh, which were spectacular, by the way, and you've really missed out, please go back and listen. Give us the 30-second precy of who this Mark Golly character is and why we should listen up. Oh, geez, 30, limiting it to 30 seconds. <laughs> wow. I'm a um, planner by trade. Um, I've, it's my key competency. Um, I don't have many, um, but um, certainly being able to understand technically and functionally what a product can do and selling that to our business as opportunities to improve value, um, create value and create productivity um, to release people into doing more um, value added work is what I do. Focusing well, on SAP IBP. Perfect. Well, who better then to navigate us through the twists and turns of this, this fascinating, brave new land we find ourselves in. But we're going to bring a guest with us. Uh, we're back from Denmark. Our second episode was fabulous. But we're coming back to, to more familiar shores. And there's a man who is quietly spoken but uh, carries a lot of weight in the SAP IBP community. He's a good friend of mine. And it's my great privilege to welcome to the microphone the one and only Mr. Adam Pina. How are you, my friend? Yeah, I'm very good. Very good. Really nice to be here. It is a privilege to get you, my friend. I know you're busy. Sadly, there are people in the world who have never met you, and even worse, don't even know who you are or what you do. Can you at least give them some of that story? Make their lives a little oh, bit easier, Adam. I can't believe that, Jonathan. Oh, it's a shock to me, I too. I can't believe that. It's a travesty. We move on. Yes. No, look, um, yeah, so I'm part of the SAP uh, Digital Supply Chain Centre of Excellence uh, based in Sydney with Mark, uh, and Mark's been a long-time customer and friend and everything else when it comes to the IBP community. So, yeah, it's a real pleasure uh, to have that interaction uh, with, with you. And I kind of look after the planning space uh, across Australia and New Zealand for SAP, along with some other wonderful colleagues as well uh, across the spectrum. Well, thank you. And that's a really important intro because for those that didn't hear our last episode, we had the wonderful uh, one and only uh, Benny Christensen from Arla Foods in Denmark. And he, he made the comment, Mark and Adam, that he, he came from one side of the business and then his words, he joined the dark side uh, and into the IT part of the organisation to work on planning and planning technology. And I know Adam's role is very much about bridging the divide between the business and, and the technology space. Mark, to you to get us underway, there seems to be in any of these tools, and IBP is no different, the risk of terminology and jargon, and it kind of sits between a business planning tool and a technology capability. How do we bridge the divide? And how do we 
make sure that when we're talking about planning and the capability, that we're doing it in a way that both the business can understand and the technical side of the organisation can understand? Yeah, really, really good question. And it goes into the theme of um, today, which is about the KISS principle. Um, and for me, the KISS principle is about keeping it simple, stupid, right? Um, because that's essentially what I am. And for me, I'm not a um, architect, um, but I put a business lens on technical and functional uh, pieces. And I think that that is the key. But I don't know about you, Jonathan or Adam, um, but my head spins when we talk about key figures, planning views, planning areas, attributes, copy operators, application jobs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All the technical terminology that sits within the IBP community. And now for, now for users of those um, tools and for um, functional consultants and technically savvy people, they may mean something. But I'm actually a really simple person <laughs> um, and um, who actually understands simple concepts. And for me, this session is about how do we translate some of that key terms into something that is actually relatable and meaningful from a business sense um, um, as well. So I'm exactly like you. It is about keeping it simple. And I'm, and I'm fascinated by that, Mark, because, you, you know, you can, you've kind of got a foot in both camps and you can bridge that divide. But, but why is it important for, I guess, not just the adoption and, and the use of the tool, but for business outcomes, that when people are going into a planning journey and using a technology like this, why is it important that simplicity, not just of language, obviously, but process, and set up, you know, it, it, I think that simplicity probably covers a lot of areas. Why is that important? There's so much rich, complex and capable abilities in the tool. Why do we keep it simple initially? Um, I, again, a great question. I think you keep it simple because it is then easily translatable from a technical into a business um, perspective. And from a business perspective, I believe it's becoming increasingly important that within IBP cycles, um, and those cycles maturing across the globe, that IBP practitioners need to be capable right, um, to be able to pivot between the technical talk and the everyday talk of team, uh, of team members. So just imagine um, talking to a sales director or a marketing director or a supply chain director in terms of key figures or attributes or planning areas. You just can't do it. Their eyes glaze over and they roll into the back of their heads, right? But to be able to drive engagement and business adoption, you need to be able to describe it like it's the first time you are seeing it. Right? So with fresh eyes, what does this look like? How do they understand it? What does it mean? How do you interpret it? And drop all the terms like, attributes, key figures, copy operators, disaggregation, all of that kind of stuff. Simply tell them what it does and how it's going to help them. I love it. I'm a man who's made a career out of trying to use jargon to impress people and to cover <laughs> up the fact that I know nothing. So you're basically speaking a very different dogma to me, but that's okay. And I'm going to bring my dear friend Adam in and, and I can speak on Adam's behalf. He's one of the greats in terms of 
translating the technical into business terms and, and bridging that divide, but obviously I'll never admit to that publicly. Adam, in your role, and you see this a lot, IBP needs to cater for those two categories of consumers, both that sort of technical cohort that, you know, that Mark's talked about yep. uh, and, and the IT team configuring the tool, the business users. How do you make SAP IBP apps technically rich and powerful yet as, uh, as Jonathan-proof or idiot-proof or whatever the term is you'd like to use as possible? Yeah, well, look, I think, I think first of all, from, from the app perspective, the whole user experience, you know, it, it really needs to revolve around the, the end users and, and I think more importantly, evolve around the end users. So I think anything SAP, when you get into the, the history side, right, it's always very rich and we always start thinking about the planning side and the and you know, the user experience of the past. And I think if we looked historically, we were often trying to solve a very technical problem, maybe one that was driven more by the machine, you know, perhaps not considering as much of the extended team who are going to contribute to that end-to-end -end process. And, and I think one of the great things is that when, you know, IBP was was really born and it's not uh, it's not, not the baby anymore, it's actually getting, uh, getting on in life, uh, it, it was really... A very different chord when it came around that collaborative planning to life, you know, from the business users, from the end users, uh, and and the technical team that you know needs to drive that end-to-end -end process. And Mark mentioned, you know, the business maturity levels, which, you know, whether it's process maturity or organizational complexity, it, these things you know vary massively in spans to to different organizations and. You might have lots of sites, you might work in lots of countries or different customer channels. Uh, the list goes on. But one of the things that we've really done, and I think done really well from an IBP perspective, is tried to provide a platform that enables those business users and technical users to come together and really instill a level of best practice and a pathway to maturity that actually delivers outcomes to customers that, that actually say, you know, uh, so what, right? That there, there are actually clear outcomes when it comes to these interactions now. Uh, and yeah, those terms earlier, right? Key figures, planning views, templates, those types of things, they are all um, obstacles, I suppose, in, in the road that are definitely relevant to the right people. Uh, but uh, the, the the collective aim now is to is to really, you know, enable those those teams and and the wider business organisation to, to kind of point towards the northern star and say, hey, this is where we we want to get to um, from a process maturity. This is where we can get started, and then you know this is how we can leverage you know sort of the, the best practice content and capabilities within IBP to automate processes and simplify things uh, to, to really accelerate that journey. And, and I think that acceleration, you know, for a lot of people uh, is something that they've craved perhaps for too long. And I think that evolution of planning and how it does change and, and one of the earlier podcasts where we're touching on, you know, business challenges in toilet paper supply and across different industries with COVID, you know, these are constant bumps in the road, uh, but, you know, the ability for an organisation to, to get back to business as usual and obviously a tool set providing that is, is really, I think, critical in, in uh, keeping everyone happy and, and most importantly, 
you know, more more profitable decisions for the business too. So IBP no longer the baby, more like the surly teenager of the SAP product set. Is that I'll update the marketing tomorrow. <laughs> The grumpy teenager. Uh, give us, and I think it was me that, that introduced the toilet paper example, so sorry to the audience for bringing it down to that level. Give us an example, Adam, of, of, of where that you've seen that applied or, or best practice. So can you maybe paint paint some uh, a picture with words for people to, of what good looks like or what you've seen that, that really resonated? Yeah, so we had a uh, an SAP user group conference, I think it was just last month, and uh, one of the customers doing a presentation was Ego Pharmaceuticals, and they spoke about, you know, how they've, um, I suppose, defined and systemized a lot of their IBP processes uh, and dealt with a lot of, again, complexity of the products that they offer, you know, around the world uh, to, to, you know, multiple countries that are all locally made here in Australia, which is fantastic. Uh, and, you know, for them, th- there was, I suppose, a lot of challenges when it came to managing um, piles and piles of spreadsheets. Um, there was a lot of challenges when it came from hearing from afar what, you know, the, the forecast was, the next projections were, uh, and, and those types of things. And I think to have, again, you know, the vision to realise that, you know, to continue to grow a business uh, to keep customers happy because the product's there when they want it, to keep the staff happy because, you know, they have a, um, a, a tool set that can, you know, really bring them together and harmonise that process uh, really speaks, you know, volumes to what they've been able to achieve. And, and the thing that I always like when I, when I heard that presentation was they talk about, again, you know, the maturity process and, um, they're planning for the for the future as as well, even from a toolset perspective, let alone the whole planning cycle. Uh, and they and they're really trying to put themselves, you know, in in the right space uh, when it comes to, you know, managing again those business needs, those technical needs, and and of course most importantly those those customer needs as well through that process. Uh, and they had a project delivered, I believe, you know, entirely remotely. Uh, so you know, from a toolset perspective. Um, they could get up and running quite fast and uh, and they could actually manage, you know, the, the project due to travel restrictions at the time um, completely remotely. So it was great, you know, outcome for them. Yeah, I love it. And that's a, an example of a best practice and a good outcome for one of our customers. We love those stories. So shout out to Ego and the work they've done. That's the best practice or that's, you know, the, the tip of uh, the spear maybe, Mark, a bit. I'm conscious that with SAP's efforts to make it smart and simple, and, and Adam's talked about what it can look like, there's always going to be gaps, isn't there, to bridge that company culture and planning language. Mm-hmm. Uh, not everyone thinks like, you know, you and Adam, which is crazy to believe. How can you make it more relatable and suitable for your business? Or what are the tips and tricks for people listening to them that might go, well, that's fine for those guys. They've got an embedded culture and understand and all that sort of thing. What what would be some of the guideposts or, or, or advice points, maybe, Mark, that you'd share to help them steer that way? Again, I, I come back to the the keep it simple, stupid principle. You know? And for me, making it more relatable is is, is four key points um, for me. Is that first first point is is about, about understanding your audience, right? Functionally, right? Um, and technically, and your potential audience, whether it be everyday users that can understand 
the likes of the attributes, the templates, the planning views, the you know all of that kind of stuff because they're trained to understand that. Or your potential audience being those key senior stakeholders in the business that actually are influencers and actually get the outcome of the efforts of the people that put in from a day-to-day -day perspective. So you've got to be able to toggle between or juggle between both of those um, audiences. So understand your audience and your potential audience. The second point is for me is that use your own business language to get your message across. Right? Um, and a key figure may in your business language may mean um, um, yeah, something maybe, else. Here's the, here's the forecast. Yeah, perfect. For example, right? Rather than it's a key figure called con adjusted consensus forecast. Right? Here's the sales forecast. Right? <laughs> Use your own business language to get the message across. Otherwise, again, eyes roll over, you know, glaze over, roll into the back of their heads. The third piece is talk concept, not detail, particularly to those people in and your, your audiences at a more senior level. Talk detail to the people that understand the detail, but talk concept, not detail to those that um, aren't interested, aren't so interested in the detail, they're interested in the outcome of the detail. Right? And the fourth one is that avoid unknown acronyms if possible. Right? They just confuse people and are a source of disengagement. Right? And if that takes a hold, then you really struggle potentially with your potential audience um, for the continued level of sponsorship that you're actually after from a senior level perspective to actually drive adoption of change right? and to drive those best practices that Adam was talking about with the, the pharmaceutical um, example. Yeah, I love it. And it's like not on... Um like us to use acronyms as well, Mark. So we, we, we can produce a few TLAs in our, uh, in our lexicon. And I'm hearing that, build on that a little bit for me, mate. How have you seen other customers approach this to, to kind of resonate with what Mark's talked about? Yeah, and I, I like that whole point right around the language because, you know, it's, it's really difficult in itself in, in a lot of ways uh, for organisations, you know, to to move to a, a new tool set, right, to drive better outcomes. And the last thing anyone wants to do is to say, hey, you've got to, you know, call a forecast of demand plan now or you have to uh, work at a different sort of hierarchy than you would prefer to. So, you know, from, from a solution set, there's a huge amount of configurability to keep the somewhat look and feel and and the way that the, the business, um, because planning is a, is a very broad topic. It touches a, a lot of people's lives when you, when you really think about it. So the last thing you want to do is, is need to rewrite um, the internal book of, of terminology uh, when obviously, you know, there's the process um, from that point of view works fine. Uh, so, yeah, from, from a tool set, I'd definitely say adopt, it, you know, what makes sense there. Um, use the, the standard, you know, best practices, which can be certainly tweaked uh, to represent that terminology that you're used to and and then really think about that uh business process side and and where you actually need you know to pull the levers that are really going to add value to the organization and and where to stay away from those things that perhaps uh are just busy work uh, because no one wants to spend more time doing busy work uh, of course and how do we get 
uh, those you know sort of you know, best practice content and, and internal processes really humming along. And I'd always encourage you know customers to to do a bit of an outside in before you go down these types of paths as well, because there there is a lot of potential even change uh, for an organisation when it comes to the way that things might done be done today, especially if you are coming from the spreadsheet world uh, and everyone can have a spreadsheet that does everything you want, but it becomes very unruly very quickly. So, you know, there's a lot of internal uh, processes that are really worth having a look at to make sure that when you adopt, you know, best practice content, you look at your maturity levels, you're, you're actually uh, looking at where you're going to untap that, that that value because that's super important when it, when it comes to, putting together a business case when it comes to getting people engaged and involved. Um, there is always an element of bringing together the vision there and, and you know, a path from uh, perhaps, again, things the way things work today in, into a better world. And that's what we want, right? We want uh, uh, happier customers and, and they want happier planners because ultimately, you, you know, that, that's going to um, bring much more stability across all the you know, areas when, when planning touches. And I think that's really key. Yeah, well said, buddy. Mark, bring it home for us, mate. For the people that tuned in, saw the heading of this episode and thought they were going to hear Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Ace Freely, but they got Mark Golly, Adam Pinar and Jonathan Fogarty. What was KISS all about? What do they want to take away from this? And what should they remember from the conversation today, do you think? Firstly, um Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks, Adam. Firstly, apologies um, that we're not the uh, <laughs> favourite of mine. But anyway, anyway, you have to settle for the B team, um, I guess, from that perspective. The key message is about keeping it simple from a business lens perspective. You've got to be comfortable in being able to manage not only the technical aspects of it, but also from the business lens perspective. You've got to be able to toggle from the technical to the business. You've got to be able to deploy things like best practice modules that SAP have worked on so hard to actually make it simple. Right? SAP IVP doesn't need to be that unwieldy black box that everyone is scared of, right? It can be nice and simple. It can be nice, uh, it can be adopted um, and it can be rolled out really quickly if you use the best practice templates. Tailor it to your own needs. Don't overcomplicate it, right? Make it engaging, whether it be from a person that uses it every day or to, an, um, to a user that actually gets the output of what you do every day kind of thing at a senior level. Keeping it simple will drive engagement, will drive adoption, and will drive better business outcomes and better process. Couldn't have said it better myself. For our audience, thank you for tuning in. We're sorry we're not the real kiss, but we're, a, we're not a bad cover band in our day. To you, Adam Pinar, thank you, my friend. We really appreciate you sharing a piece of pie with us today. Wonderful. Thanks a lot. Mark Golly, to you, I can't believe we made it through three episodes. The sky's the limit. Thank you, my friend, as always, for your wit and wisdom. <laughs> Thanks, Jonathan. I appreciate the um, um, inflation of my ego. <laughs> anytime, my friend, anytime. Well, we're not going to rock and roll all night. We're going to call it quits 
at the end of episode three for now. Hope you've enjoyed sharing a piece of pie, the SAP IBP podcast. On behalf of my good friend, Adam Pinar, my co-host, Mark Golly, I'm Jonathan Fogarty. Until next time, be kind, get out there and enjoy life. Happy planning. Until next time.